1: Abraham Lincoln
3: Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We need to
0: revisit Mr. Potato Head as that story exploded
3: yesterday. Like it had been in the microwave too long.
0: (laughs) you got to (laughs) poke holes in it first. We covered it earlier. We baked it, so we will twice bake it again later
3: this hour. Rand Paul, one of our favorite senators, he was on Capitol Hill uh, yesterday. He I don't, was questioned. I don't, I, don't, I,
0: don't, I don't like where he puts his lawn clippings.
3: <laughs> well, that's <laughs> no reason to bust his ribs. Too close to my property. All right then. So he was uh, he was part of a hearing yesterday in which they were questioning one Rachel Levine, who is a physician nominated to become uh, old Joe Biden's assistant secretary of health. Ms. Levine is herself a transgender person and is an advocate for transgender medical procedures and is way down the line of what's okay in terms of kids and transgender kids. And Rand Paul, to me, uh, stood tall yesterday, asked some great, sane, logical questions. I will give you a little preview. The Washington Post hated it. And one of their columnists just lit him up for this. Why don't you listen to some of these exchanges? And we'll comment in between. And, uh, and, and we want you to, th- to determine how do you feel about this. Then we'll read you what the Washington Post said. But uh, let's start with clip number
4: 20. Genital mutilation has been nearly universally condemned. According to the WHO, genital mutilation is recognized internationally as a violation of human rights. Genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious because, as the WHO notes, it is nearly always carried out on minors and is a violation of the rights of children. Most genital mutilation is not typically performed by force, but as WHO notes, that by social convention, social norm, the social pressure to conform, to do what others do and have been doing, as well as the need to be accepted socially and the fear of being rejected by the community. American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics.
3: Okay, so he's setting it up, comparing the uh, some of the transgender hormones and procedures to genital mutilation. If you follow that story, it's a terrible practice, frequently in uh, Muslim parts of Africa. Uh, but he goes on to connect it a little more directly. Go ahead, Sean, next clip.
4: Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, Transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um,
0: with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender medicine.
3: Now, Rand Paul has more restraint than I do. It's one of the reasons he's a senator and I'm a talk show host. But (laughs) I would have said, uh, no need to come to my office. We're sitting here right now. I'm here, you're there. How about you answer
4: the question? No kidding. Uh, Next clip. The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parents' consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you are willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field, uh, and if
0: confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Did we replay... His earlier no. answer, was that actually him saying the same thing her. twice? Her. Okay. Yes. Um, was that actually her saying the same thing twice?
3: Yes, precisely. Yeah, she had memorized that verbiage, apparently.
0: Wow! Transgender, uh, whatever it is, is a complex and nuanced uh, science. Second verse, same and, as the first. And we'd be happy to come to your office and discuss this in private. How, uh, yeah, no kidding. What you said is obvious. but we discuss it here? That's the whole point of this. Roll
4: on, Sean. Roll on. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER. But you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, you think she's gonna go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off-label. I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off-label. There's no long-term studies. We don't know what happens to them.
3: That's an excellent point right there. Yeah, right. And then one more clip, number 25.
4: We do know that there are dozens and dozens of people who have been through this who who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them. And, you know, if you've ever been around children, 14-year-olds can't make this decision. In the gender dysphoria clinic in England, 10% of the kids are between the ages of 3 and 10. Oh, we should be outraged that someone's talking to a 3-year-old about changing their sex.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, a three-year-old. Great stuff. Great stuff from Rand Paul there. The uh, opposing view from the Washington Post coming up in a moment or two. Excuse me, after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe, everybody wants to keep their family and home safe. I do, you do, we all do, whether it's from a break-in, fire, flooding, or medical emergency. And Simply Safe, home security delivers award-winning 24-7 protection.
0: So how hard is it going to be to get this all set up in my home? Somebody will come between 10 and 2? Uh, a truck will pull up, a bunch of workmen will come out, come into my home, tear things up, drill holes. No. Uh, you order this thing. We'll tell you how in just a little bit. It gets mailed to you and you set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. It's super easy. Then the Simply Safe's professionals take over monitoring your home 24 seven, ready to send help the moment there's an alarm. Uh, we're talking, um, police, fire, EMTs, whatever you need the most to your door. Simply Safe is fantastic and there's no long-term contract.
3: You get an arsenal of cameras and sensors, the best pro monitors in the business. Just go to simplysafe.com/armstrong. You'll get a free home security camera for dropping our code. Simplysafe.com/armstrong, sixty-day risk-free trial. Simplysafe.com/armstrong.
0: There's a little tease for you later. Apparently, John Boehner voice, Do you remember him? He was the Senate of Majority Leader, Republican.
3: Chain-smoking, orange, golf-playing uh, speaker. <laughs> Taking a nap.
0: Apparently, he voiced the audio book that he wrote. I didn't know where he wrote a book. Apparently, he did. He was voicing the audio thing, and in between takes, as we, uh, we often do, he was saying things that uh, he probably didn't want to come out. But somebody, oh boy. some scumbag, uh, was recording all this stuff and has leaked it out. Including oh, him boy. calling Ted Cruz an a hole and a
3: variety of other things.
0: <laughs> uh, Ted Cruz is an a
3: hole, <laughs> but uh, I, actually, I don't think he is. I I think Ted Cruz the politician is. I think Ted Cruz the man is absolutely not. I in
0: person, I find him charming. I like two thousand Ted Cruz better than twenty twenty one Ted Cruz. Yeah, me too. His book. I like the Ted Cruz that wrote his book. Was absolutely fantastic. Small governments Don't spend money. Ted Cruz. Right.
3: Right, exactly, Uh, personal liberty. Uh, So back to Rand Paul grilling this Rachel Levine, who wants to be uh, Assistant Secretary of Health. Monica Hess in the Washington Post was aghast. She was offended, horrified. Senator Rand Paul seemed more interested in talking. Oh, Rachel Levine came there to politely discuss the COVID pandemic, the opioid epidemic, behavioral health, and other things. Senator Rand Paul, however, seemed more interested in talking about children's genitals. Oh, my God. Can
0: you believe oh. that's in
3: the Washington Post? Oh,
0: my God. That is
3: out of bounds. Yeah, I know. Holy cow. Yeah. Then she crows that Levine will become the first publicly transgender federal official to be confirmed by the U.S. Senate. And she was so calm and and so dignified in responding to uh, Rand Paul's horrifying, biased Uh, prejudiced questions. Wants to talk about kids'
0: genitals like he's a perv or something. She kept her hands...
3: Right, exactly. And he's not
0: all about trying to save three-year-olds from having their genitals mutilated under the the, the idea that they uh, think they're a different
3: sex. How would you know with a three-year-old? She kept her hands folded on the table while Paul jabbed his finger in the air and dismissively scoffed, if you've ever been around children, a 14 year olds cannot make this decision. He did not seem at all curious about the medical matter at hand in which he had no expertise. He was instead, quote, alarmed and, quote, outraged. He claims to be worried about children, but paid no heed to the guidance of medical organizations, including the American Academy of Pediatrics, that recommend treating gender-diverse children. By affirming their gender identities, there are so many cases. There are entire organizations now dedicated to helping kids back because they say, you know, sometimes I feel like a girl, and boom, they get swept up by the activists, and the activists put them on that on that uh, conveyor belt. And if they ever have any doubts, those doubts are shouted down, and they're whipped along and hit with the hormones and the, 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 the surgeries and the rest of it. And it's it's insidious. Absolutely insidious. I say good for Rand Paul. If you have a legitimate gender issue going on and you are an adult, I think you ought to be able to pursue any path you want. It's none of my business. But when we're talking about kids, the idea that kids get swept up on that activist conveyor belt, that is crazy, and it ought to be opposed.
0: We're not the only radio station or radio show that might have to apologize for saying things. A Bavarian radio station is apologizing for its host's comments. We can tell you what that is. Uh-oh. Um, and while we're doing a segment about various things going on in the world, much more serious, this talk show I came across from Kuwait yesterday, what it was like and what they were talking about. Holy cow, do we have different views of the world depending on where we are on the planet. It, it's mind-blowing. I hope you can stay tuned for that. And um, then later this hour, Lon He Chen will talk
3: a little politics. What do you want to ask him about? Oh, gosh, i got to think about it. He's so smart okay. and knows so much about so many things. i got to p- pick our uh, questions carefully. Yeah. All
0: right. All that stuff on the way.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
1: What's new, Hasbro?
0: Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head with their own cars and trailers. That's what's new. See, Mr. Potato Head has a car and boat trailer. And there's a car and shopping trailer for his wife, Mrs. Potato Head. A simpler time when a potato head with a penis was a man. with a J.J. was a woman. I, uh, and we all I agreed on that. I get that set. Yeah, were those the original
3: parts? <laughs> yeah, mine just had eyes and ears and noses and such. <laughs> Some big lips, man. <laughs> <I got laughs> a, a pipe, yes, exactly. The so, original toy, as we've made clear, was an actual, well, it was a series of attachments for real potatoes and or other vegetables.
0: Yes. Up to you. The Mr. Potato Head, I had as a kid, you just stuck these things on a potato, then my kids had a version in which you had a plastic potato. Um, it took me till today to figure out that Hasbro, 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 bro is in, that's wrong. You can't have bro in there. They're just, they should just be has now. All right. The company of has um uh, realized how crazy the world is now and took advantage of that and put that out yesterday, even though it was reported completely seriously by the Associated Press is where I first saw it, that. Mr. Potato Head was going gender neutral. Then later in the day, they said, no, we'll continue to sell Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head, but now blah, blah, blah. So it was all an attempt to get attention for their uh, product. Uh But my response to that is, wait a second. The fact that we saw so all easily believed that was true shows us where we are, though, right now. Oh yeah, that's completely believable. When you got a guy saying "Amen" and a woman, <laughs> or the people saying "Herkstery" because history is too male, um, that's just as crazy.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if something completely unsupported by logic or or any rational explanation, people say, "Oh yes, I see. Oh yes, I will obey that. I will not run afoul of that." Yeah, in that time, you can claim about anything. Although I think Hasbro did changed the the way they offered up the toy but they expertly got you know a million times uh-huh. more publicity than they should have for it
0: so a different topic definitely not silly very serious but super interesting I thought uh, I, I came across this on Twitter yesterday it was a segment from a Kuwaiti morning TV show and I don't know that much about a lot of things uh, including Kuwaiti morning television. Um, I didn't know that they were this modern. Their their morning television show looks like The View or The Five or any of those shows. They had four women sitting around on big couches, dressed very Western and modern with makeup and hair and lighting. And it just it looked like it could be on in the United States. So it didn't did they have, have scarves
3: a, on or anything. over um, their hair?
0: Nobody did. Uh, somebody's got a ball really? cap on. Uh, but, uh, high heels. Oh. I mean, it's, it's, it's Western and modern. Wow. So okay. I was kind of surprised by that. Uh, I did, I didn't know what was going on there. Um, uh, the show's topic was honor killings. Pretty, <clears throat> pretty heavy topic for a TV morning show there. I'm going to read the dialogue as somebody, um, took the audio and translated it in English. And I'll read it, is, is, uh, try to keep up with it, and I'll give you an idea of what's going on here. Okay, so, no one has the right to beat a woman. Not her husband, not her brother, and not anyone else. But there are cases in which the girl does things that get people talking. Her family cannot kill her, her, slaughter her, or bury her alive. People are talking about her family, and let's assume that they tried all other means and methods. Does it get to that extent? Well, with some girls it does, says one of the other hosts. Some girls deserve to be killed, Honestly. Talking nicely with such girls just doesn't work. Everybody's talking about her reputation and her family's reputation. What are you supposed to do with a girl like that? Some families will not agree to that. If my older brother was walking down the street and he saw me talking with a man, he would definitely slaughter me. And it goes on like that for this Holy full clip.
3: They're, having they're talking a, about talking to a man on the street.
0: There are a couple of girls there, or if you know you got caught over at your boyfriend's house and, you know, came out of the door at night or whatever. Um... A couple of the women there are—they uh, don't think it's okay to do that, to slaughter her or bury her alive Ugh. because of that. But the other women are saying, "No, no, I think it's okay." I mean, what are you going to do? Some girls you just can't talk to. I mean, how are you going to? What are you going to do with a girl like that? And they bought brought uh, you know a bad reputation upon the family. If my brother saw me talking to a man, he'd definitely slaughter me. Good lord,
2: how crazy
0: is that?
3: Yeah. Wow. I I mean, the fact that they're talking about it and the set looks like that has got to be a step the right direction. Uh, Yeah, the the conversation's at least being had. But the idea that we're uh, pretending to be offended that Mr. Potato Head is Mr. Potato Head while that's going on.
1: Lon He Chen next.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
5: Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.
2: The
3: Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't know if he'll run in 2024 or not, but if he does, I'm pretty sure he will win the nomination. I I look at the polls and the polls show that among the
4: names being floated as potential contenders in 2024, if you put President Trump in there among Republicans, he wins in a landslide.
0: If the president was the party's nominee, would
3: you support him? Uh, The nominee of the party? Absolutely.
0: I I feel like such a putz because I actually believed that we weren't going to be talking about Trump really anymore Hmm. after the impeachment was over i thought Just thought we won at least until like we got closer to the election if he decided to run but no still is what everybody gets asked about and then in the background of those two things going on with mitt romney and mitch mcconnell uh in the last couple of days you got cpac going on here's a tiny flavor of cpac here's ted cruz it's cpac in the immortal words of william wallace
3: Freedom! Yes. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's welcome Lon He Chen to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Lon He is the David and Diane Steffi Fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution, also host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen. Lon how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Good morning, gentlemen. You know Mitt Romney very well. You've worked with him. Were you a little surprised to hear him that matter of fact about uh, Trump's electoral chances going forward?
6: No, I wasn't surprised. I mean, I think his assessment is, you know, based on what he's seeing right now. I, I'm not sure that what we're seeing right now is all that indicative of what we actually will see down the road. You know, I mean, if you think about, you know, polls at this stage of of a of, hey, of a campaign, and you know, it's kind of crazy to be talking about a 2024 campaign given that
0: yeah. out of the president. Yeah, election, sure but, is. You know,
6: <laughs> never, never too, never too early to start. When you think about what what public polling shows us right now, what it really shows us is what someone's name identification is, and sure. it's going to be very very high for Donald Trump. Obviously universal, and so you know I, I think it's right that he certainly is the person within the Republican Party who people are are most well aware of, and he obviously has very strong support within the Republican Party. But I don't think. I, I don't think Mitt's saying anything that's, that's crazy. I mean, I think, it, you know, I, I think he's right. If, if things happen today, that's the outcome you get. But fortunately for people like you know, Ted Cruz and Tom Cotton and Mickey Haley and all these people who want to run for president, there's a long runway between now and when people are going to start deciding who the next uh, presidential nominee is.
0: I think Trump should walk on the CPAC stage Sunday with a Mr. Potato Head. I think that'd be a good way. <laughs> so we'll get the crowd going. um we were just speculating earlier is how much of Trump's speech is he gonna go, or will any will he do any um look, I won in a landslide, we all know it crowd going wild will he will he go with that, or do you think not
6: Oh uh, you know, I'm sure he will. I'm sure that's exactly how it'll come up. the The thing that I'm most interested in is how much time he spends attacking other Republicans versus attacking Joe Biden and the Democrats. That's, mm-hmm. that's really the ratio I'm interested in. in looking at, I mean, I think he he definitely will have some choice words for a few Republicans like Liz Cheney, maybe even like McConnell, notwithstanding what he said in that interview with Brett Baer yesterday. You guys played, uh, but you know what is what is the amount of time he's going to spend kind of going after other Republicans? Um, because this is something that, you know, I know a lot of people in the media want this is the story they want, right? Yeah. They want the internecine fight between Republicans and, you know, Republicans mauling other Republicans. And, you know, I think if you talk to most folks who are in and around Republican Party leadership in, in D.C. and in many states, they're eager to get away from that, right? They don't want the story to be about Donald Trump fighting Mitch McConnell or whatever. They want no. it to be about Republicans fighting Democrats, And, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what Trump decides to do. My my guess is he'll spend a fair amount of time doing both, attacking Republicans and attacking Democrats.
3: Well, Jack can talk this inside baseball politics if you want. So, Lon, I have similar credentials to yours. I'm the Joe Getty Fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Joe Getty Institute. And (laughs) There you go. I I would like to talk about policy. Judging by what you've seen from the Biden administration so far, perhaps the $1.9 trillion package they can't seem to get going, Uh, what have you learned about the way the Biden administration is going to govern?
6: Well, I think there's a few things. First of all, they are very interested in using executive action when they can. I mean, if you look at the first couple of weeks of the, of the Biden presidency, by the way, we're only a month into this new administration. It feels like it's been forever. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but it feels like for me, like it's been forever. Yeah, that hurt. That we're left the mark. a mark. You didn't need to say that. We're,
0: we're,
6: we're, we're only about a month in. And the first couple weeks were really punctuated by a lot of executive orders, a lot of presidential memoranda. In fact, the pace at which they, they used executive action was greater than any other administration in recent history, you know, exceeding Trump, exceeding Obama, exceeding Bush, etc. So they're, they're not shy to use executive action, which I, I personally really don't like. I don't I don't like it if Republicans do it. I don't like it if Democrats do it. I think executive action should not be used so liberally. I think it should be used sparingly. And I think Congress should do its job. Uh, which is to make laws. So I I think that's one thing is they are clearly going to be quite aggressive on that front. The other thing which I've come to observe is, you know, really, they're not all that interested in bipartisanship. I mean, they sort of talk about it. Biden talks about it a lot. Maybe Biden himself even, you know, kind of likes the concept, but the people around him do not care one whit about working in a bipartisan manner with anybody on Capitol Hill. Uh, and and I think that's discouraging to some Republicans who I've talked to up there who really thought, OK, maybe we can get together and get a few things done. No, that's not going to happen. The way that they move forward with this two trillion dollar stimulus package where the Republicans came to the table with an offer and said, look, here's some things we are willing to do. We are willing to spend a lot of money on covid relief. We are willing to spend money to get schools open. We are willing to, to spend money to, to get to people who need it, who are unemployed or who are having trouble economically. The Democrats came back and said, no, we just want to spend a lot of money. We want to spend a lot of money on the things that we care about. And, you know, the problem with that approach is basically, A, you've turned all the Republicans against you. And B, you've poisoned the well on any possible productive activity later this year. So the, the big takeaway there, guys, I think, is that the Biden team really has very little interest in bipartisanship, notwithstanding everything that Biden talked about on the campaign trail last year. So that part is really disappointing.
0: I read your uh, interview with Sarah Isger of the Dispatch last week. I thought it was really good, and it reminded me that you're uh, we're, we're, we're really lucky that you come on and talk to us regularly, and you're such a policy guy. Uh, so the policy of the Biden administration on kids at the border, is it fair for people to say that it looks to be more or less the same as Trump's policy so far?
6: Yeah, I mean, you can say that about a lot of areas of policy, by the way, that it's really not all that different. Um, and they they have a tendency to um, to try to paint it as something very different. You know, one area where there is a major difference that I think is going to is going to cause some challenges is they have tried to reverse the, the Trump era policy regarding asylum seekers. Right. The Trump era policy was if you want to seek asylum, you do so from outside the United States. And the Biden team has said explicitly, no, we're going to allow people into into the U.S. as their asylum proceedings are underway. The challenge with that, of course, is that, as you may have heard, there are a lot of people headed for our southern border right now as one of, part of one of these migrant caravans. And my presumption is that, that many of them are going to claim asylum. And I think that is going to put a lot of pressure on our southern border. It's going to put, place a lot of pressure on on the authorities there to get through all the different cases they have to see. And so that is one area where I do think there is a meaningful difference between what Biden is trying to do and what Trump tried to do. But for the most part, a lot of what they've done, I mean, you know, not not to completely change subjects, but on the vaccines, it's the same way. Right. The Biden people are fond of saying, oh, we started with nothing. We started from scratch. I mean, that's hogwash. They didn't start from scratch. They started from a very strong base created by something called Operation Warp Speed that enabled these vaccines to come to market. So it's really disingenuous of them to argue that they started from scratch. It's ridiculous.
0: But, you know, the, the the juicy headline of Trump put kids in cages, that was such such a popular thing, and the left got so mad about that. Aren't they doing exactly the same thing, putting the same kids in the same facilities?
6: Now? Yeah, I mean, the facilities are still there. The facilities are still there, right? And, and the... The reality is that so much of the Trump era from the media was outrage politics. It was the outrage over this, that, or the other. And when the same thing happens now, the response is an outrage. It's, well, let me explain why it is they're doing this. There's no effort to try and, and, and say, well, hold on a second. Didn't you promise something different? Why are we not getting something different? So that is, again, it speaks to the incentives in the media. And that's, that's, that, I think, is very troubling.
3: God, I'd say. Uh, my final question for Lon Hee Chen of the Hoover Institution, circling back to where we started, and that's looking at the future of the Republican Party. And I realize this uh, could be a book length answer, but we'll give you 30 seconds. No, take as long as <laughs> you okay. um, want. If you, if you were to be the chairman of the Committee on the Future of the Republican Party, uh, and you can answer this any way you want. If you were to say, look, we need to be the party of How would you finish that sentence? Because as a fiscal conservative, I don't feel like Republicans are that anymore. What should they, we, be as a party? We need to be the party of ideas. And what I
6: mean by that is we need to go back to two basic concepts, freedom and opportunity. And I think if you talk to a lot of people who are Republicans and you ask them, hey, why are you a Republican or why are you a conservative? They would tell you it's because I believe it's part, you know, I want to be part of a movement that maximizes personal freedom and individual opportunity. And until we get back to ideas and basics like that, the party is going to have a really tough time, I, I think. So long as it's a party based on personality and not principle, we're going to have a, a very difficult time making our way out of this this period this period that we're in. And I do think if the party and the movement can, again, focus on the maximization of personal freedom, you know, opportunity, as I said, those two concepts, I really think that people will find that appealing, even people who, who are, you know – maybe haven't voted republican in a while i think they'll look at that and say you know what yeah i actually think that makes sense and that is something i wish we could focus a lot more on that rather than all the personality conversations that that the media wants us to be having about the future of the
0: conservative movement well i agree with that but that's a lot of words ted cruz has what the party is about freedom
3: there you go and it strikes me that that message (laughs) would be incredibly resonant with immigrants and 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 working-class Americans, freedom and opportunity. Lonnie Chen, yeah, David and Diane Steffi, fellow in American public policy studies at the Hoover Institution. Lonnie, it's always enlightening. Thanks a million. Thanks, guys. He, he is really good. Um, oh, my gosh, yes.
0: So could you dig up a little more of the uh, before Ted Cruz yells freedom, and then I want to hear how long the crowd cheers afterwards. <laughs> I want a little more of that later. God dang it. Yeah, I know.
3: (laughs) Politics is a funny thing, isn't it? I mean, it exists, uh, and it has to exist, from the intellectual salons down to the streets and all points in between with uh, different messages, different
0: tones. But you remember when Trump ran in 2016 and it was, you know, people are going to say Merry Christmas again. and you know, remember movies used to be good, and uh, insinuating that movies would be good again when he's president and stuff like yes. this. I think he should walk on stage with a Mister Potato Head. And when I'm pre i back in office. Right. It'll be Mister Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head. None of this gender-neutral potato head
3: BS. Please do not use gendered language to, potatoes to address everyone. How did he get Known as it? the Potato Speech, it vaulted Trump to higher heights than blah blah.
0: Known as the Potato Speech. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. The Golden Globes are this Sunday, which I'm only interested because Tina Fey and uh, and what's her name, Amy Poehler, are the hosts. And they're almost certainly going to have a funny monologue. Uh, I'd be surprised if they don't. Um, um, But a couple of nuggets on that and other things on the way.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
4: usually seen as the
3: loosest show of award season the golden globes air this year over a month later than usual because of the pandemic and the stars won't be packed in beverly hills drinking together because of the pandemic instead they'll be at their homes hosts tina fey and amy poehler won't even be together they'll be on opposite coasts and the golden globes
4: air sunday night on nbc
0: and that'll either work or it won't. We don't care about awards shows, but, uh, Tina Fey and, uh, and Amy Poehler have been funny in the past as a host, as Ricky Gervais has been. It is definitely the funniest of the awards shows. Kill me. And I, exactly. <laughs> 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 and, um, you know, I'm always looking for new shows to watch and, uh, Netflix took 42 nominations. The most nominated show is Mank, which I got to admit I've never even heard of. Is that a misprint? M-A-N-K. I don't even, I've never, I, that's never even entered my ear. Uh, that's the thing that's about Citizen Kane. Oh, it's that thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to watch that. Rose, <laughs> kill me. Uh, kill, kill me. me. Right. So, but anyway, <laughs> I'll come out of that with, you know, a bunch of new Netflix shows to watch that I'm told are really great. So that's yeah. what I'm looking for.
3: Um, I just like paying tribute to the stars and their brilliance and the wonderful things they bring us. They're so impressive. A Bavarian
0: radio station is apologizing for a host's comments.
3: Schnitzel 103, with all your hits on the day long. (laughs) Schnitzel 103. (laughs) Uh, Those Bavarians, nothing bad could come from Bavaria.
0: With their morning zoo, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A Bavarian radio show is apologizing for a host's comments. Comparing popular South Korean K-pop band BTS to the coronavirus. <laughs> saying his choice of words has gone too far, but oh, it was, was... no one to be hurtful or racist. <laughs> Sounds like a good show to me. Yeah, it does me too.
3: I don't <laughs> you know, know, wait a minute, I'm tuning in.
0: If I, if I could understand understood it at all, I might, wa- might watch it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, the coronavirus is a perfectly good response, I think, to that sort of thing. Um... I don't know. We we considered playing more Ted Cruz from the CPAC thing, but uh, I'm kind of worn out by the whole uh, partisan politics uh, aspect of that whole deal.
3: Yeah, we ought to lay it, let it lie for like a month. Just just a month after the election. Let's all agree. I'd be all for
0: that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Like as It'll a nation. Never so your understanding is that uh, Major League Baseball um, is is. It's coming back on time? They're going to play the full number of games? Everything's on schedule? They're going to different ballparks the whole thing?
3: Yeah, I had it in the uh, the studio yesterday the schedule, but I don't I'd, I'd love to be looking at it right now to answer that question, but uh, I suspect very strongly that they've looked at football and seen the 20% capacity, 25% capacity and and because I, I had it on very good authority Oh, gosh, when was that? Uh, and last season, the owners had told the league, we ain't playing unless there's fans in the stands. It's too much of our revenue. Um, and so I don't know for sure, but I will check with my sources. I suspect strongly that we will hear the crack of the bat and the roar of the crowd. And, um,
0: uh, you know, and obviously if we get this uh, pandemic behind us, the, the, there could be serious numbers of people in the crowd you know, at whatever point, late spring, in the, in the middle of the summer, especially especially if you started some sort of show-us-your-card-that-proves-you-got-the-vaccine-and-come-on-in.
3: Sure, and it's outdoors. So, you know, even if I sit next to a guy with the vid, I probably won't get it. Although, if I sat next to him for three hours, it was a still day, and he was shouting the whole time, yeah, okay, I get it, but
0: uh face, Facebook admits it made a mistake in branding an 81-year-old knitter as a white supremacist <sighs> and banning her from the platform. Oh, my gosh this 80 year old like super nice sounding woman who was just horrified at this because she's not she you know you people that aren't in the public eye you're not you're not used to this sort of thing <laughs> like uh, like you get to be if you are in the public eye i mean the num- the num- number of hateful emails and texts and everything like that i get on a daily basis but she wasn't used to this sort of thing she said i've never had so much as an overdue library book so to be called a a, a, a white supremacist and taken off of Facebook was really bothersome. She knits um, pigs, little little stuffed pigs. Do little. the pigs consent to this? <laughs> they're, they're 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 just little, you know, they're little uh, like stuffies or whatever you want to call them. But she makes them, they're homemade. And she said, "I all my friends know I'm a porkophile. She was really into pigs. Well, she had different colored pigs, and she had some pigs that were white pigs, and so they were labeled white pigs. And Facebook, some pigs are white, right? So she well, she'll make different color pigs though, if you want like, to right. a little stuffed pig for your kid. You can get a black sure. one or a pink one or a white one or whatever. Some of them were labeled as white pigs, and the Facebook algorithm picked up on white pigs, branded her a
3: white supremacist, and banned uh-huh. her from the platform. And uh, she throwing had, around a term like white pig makes her sound more like a, a woke BLM person. I mean, sure. Like a Colin Kaepernick grandma.
0: Uh, everyone on the Knit site and my page knows I'm a porkophile, she said, which is not a, a, a term I'd ever heard of in my life. Fun to learn new words. <laughs> and not a not a porkophiliac, which is similar but different.
1: Very different. I, I might That's be that. That's a difference.
0: I might be that because I had bacon last night, and it was practically a sensual experience.
3: You had
0: it in the biblical sense? No, I had, had it as in it.
3: A, I ate it. Well, all right, then.
0: Okay. That's You're not cool. the same thing? But anyway, so be careful with your references because you could be labeled. They've had this trouble with white rabbits and all kinds of different things labeled as white where the algorithm picks it up and labels you a supremacist. And you're booted off the platform before they like, are there no humans involved? You get booted off before... these are all algorithm-based decisions and then you appeal and maybe you can get to a human at some point. Wow. Okay. I'm sure that was easy to do as an 81-year-old who's probably not super hip to high-tech stuff.
3: All
1: I want to do is nitpicks. pigs and Getty. (laughs)
5: Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com.